Blackwater, the Wagner Group, Executive Outcomes, the Flying Tigers, the Swiss Guard, the White Company, the Knights Templar, the Varangian Guard, Clercus of Sparta, Pythagoras the Spartan, Mentor of Rhodes, Socrates of Achaea. The list is endless. Mercenaries, Guns for Hire, Soldiers of Fortune, Private Military Companies, Private Security Contractors, Dirty Deeds, <laughs> Not So Dirt Cheap. History is replete with privatized militaries. Call them what you want. They have been around for a very long time, and they are very likely not going away anytime soon. So you better get used to it, grow up, and accept it, or move to another planet. Because these days, in this world, folks, money trumps everything. And like it or not, wars are good, very good, for business. Furthermore, history tells us that more people are enslaved and killed by such means as greed, corruption, oppression, and tyranny than by any other means. Money, profits, and propaganda. Call it psychological operations or call it psychological conditioning. You are being gaslit. So choose the red pill. Remove your blinders, all of them, and take a good sensory inventory of what you're being told and shown to believe. Because here we go. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of CONUS, The Contractor's Life. Talking from the relatively insulated, colored, rural foothills of northwestern Washington State, I'm your host, Scott Dresser. Life as a private security contractor in a hostile or a war-torn zone, or as some call it, austere or a non-permissive environment. Well, it is a mixed bag of blessings. Some good, some not so good. All in all, though, private security contracting is much the same as life. It is what you make it. The Mena region, or the Middle East, North Africa region. Lands of enchantment. Lands of mystery, lands of the old ones and the ancient ones. Myths, legends, folklore, maybe. If you believe what you read in the ancient and the holy texts, then you know that it's all centered around what we refer to as the Mena region. That's right, the Mediterranean. And you probably also know that to every legend or myth, there is a base of at least some truth. Alright folks, so in this episode of Oconus, The Contractor's Life, I'm going to digress from what I said in the previous episode where I would focus more or less on my time back and back in. I'll get back to that, I promise you. But I'm not yet going back to Afghanistan, but I will, and I promise you, go back to that. But I've also realized that a couple of things here. 
rather than doing this chronological thing, which gets really pretty boring after some point, okay, uh, there's a lot of questions that come up and a lot of conversations and just a lot of myths and legends and, and urban lore that just need to be dispelled. And so I'm going to spend at least a few minutes, maybe more, uh, talking about that. So bear with me for a moment. So, I mean, I see it and hear it uh, every time I work. <clears throat> and uh, it doesn't matter what the project is. It doesn't matter where it is. At some point, usually much earlier than later, somebody or everybody at sooner or later at some point, usually within the first day, but certainly within the first week, realizes that I am not the typical security person that they were envisioning. <laughs> okay. Uh, take that as you will. Um, if you've met me and we've worked together or trained together, whatever, you kind of understand what I'm saying. Or, you know, if I've worked for you, then you also know. But I'm just saying, um, I'm one of those guys that makes it quite clear right up front from the get-go that the standard security model is broken. It's been broke for a long time. I don't like it. I don't adhere to it. Yada, yada, yada. Now, this came to mind here fairly recently. I mean, and actually quite recently. Um, there's been a number of, I mean, just a, a, an ongoing group of discussions in these group chats on an application that I won't talk about it, but it is an, an encrypted app where a lot of us have gotten together, our peers, and we form some groups, um, as I've said before, or hearkened to, or um, alluded to previously in other episodes, uh, there's a lot of us, I'm not the only one, that are just sick and tired and fed up with the standard security model BS, okay? Because it is a business. And if you understand business, if you know what business is, if you've been in business, if you're in business, you understand what a business is and most people not everybody but most people in the in the security business certainly and I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here everybody that's in the standard security model is full of caca they're selling you snake oil feel good medicine okay so if you're buying it you're being duped Okay. Now, I've talked with and worked for a number of people over the years that have, in use whatever terminology you want, but this is the terminology they've used. I've been down that road, I've been down that path, I've been down that rodeo X number of times. We're willing to pay whatever it is that I'm charging them. Okay. Now, I am not the most expensive person. However, I'm also not the cheapest person out there okay i try to be fair-minded i try to be reasonable okay there's a lot of factors that go into the pricing and i mean there is and there's a psychology to it and i'm the kind of guy that i like to talk on the phone because the next best thing to talking to a person in person I mean, physically being in their presence is talking on the phone. The inflections, I mean, it's all there, okay? It's really easy if you've, 
if you're old enough and you've lived long enough, you've got enough experience, you've got enough maturity, you've got the wisdom, you know when you're on the right track and you know when you're on the wrong track. You know when it's going well, you know when it's not going well. You know when to say, hey, you know what, <clears throat> thanks anyway, call somebody else. Or, hey, it's a deal, done. Okay. So, <laughs> we're, so to get back kind of on track here, where I'm going, folks, is if you, and I, you know, honestly, I'd, at this point in my life, I don't care what anybody says about this. But I'm telling you, the standard security model is full of caca. Okay. I have been on a number of projects here in the, re, in the last year or so where the prime or the, the national vendor or the worldwide vendor, they want this, that, one thing, another. And I tell them, no. I've told you this before many times. I don't do this, but I do that. Okay. And oftentimes, and, and I'll just come out. Oftentimes, it comes down to they want unarmed security for whatever reason. The client wants it. They want it. Whatever. Okay. And I've said before, private security, unarmed, is not security. Okay. If you've got cameras and all this other stuff, and I'll go into that later. I've done it before in, in, in other segments and other episodes. I've talked about this. And maybe at some point, I'll have some guests on. We'll talk about it. But I'm telling you, folks, right now, okay, I don't care who the company is. I don't care how much you've spent on it. If your money is is primarily spent on cameras and that sort of quote-unquote security, you don't have security. What you have is a feel-good measure. You've spent a lot of money or some money, whatever it is, on a feel-good measure. There is no security. Nobody is going to respond to your cry for help when that moment happens. When the dookie hits the fan, nobody's going to respond. Okay? We have seen, we have read, we have heard in very recent history. Okay? Very influential, powerful family who dialed 911 and the cops were there in approximately two minutes in a high-value, very rich neighborhood gated community. Two minutes on a 911 call. Okay? Now, we know that it was a charade. It was a hoax. It was, it was a performance. But two minutes. We also know that the average response time just in that particular scenario was approximately eight minutes but somehow magically the cops made it there in two minutes regardless the point i'm making is that the average response time across the nation for a 911 call okay and it varies because there are certain mitigating circumstances but in the political climate we're seeing now in the past two years is anywhere between 15 minutes and an hour. So if you've got a camera and you think that's your security, all it does is let you see what's happening in real time just before that person walks up and strikes you with the baseball bat. Okay? Or whatever else they're clutching in their hands. It's good for the detectives. 
and the investigators in the follow-up investigation, if there is an investigation that follows up after that, okay? Who knows how long that will take and how long it will drag out and if it will net any real tangible results that favor you. Okay, so now that, I, now that I've maybe put the fright on some people or woke up others and still others beyond that, just like they're nodding their head or shrugging their shoulders like, yeah, I know, because they've been there. They've seen it. They've done it. They know. Okay, whether you're a cop, a veteran in the military, or one of the other government agencies, whether it's part of the alphabet soup or not, it doesn't matter. Okay, what I'm saying is that security, if you are incapable or unable to take security into your own hands and provide it on your own premise, whether it's at home or at your business or where you're shopping or when you're driving, or anything else, okay, if you don't have a tried and true professional security person with you, okay, you are ripe for happenstance. Call it whatever you want. I'm calling it happenstance. Because pretty much, if not every veteran of the military knows and this is not a direct quote because I don't have it in front of me. But all the planning, all the strategy that goes into an operation, okay, pretty much goes out the window at the strike of the first bullet. Okay? I mean, we've all been in that scenario. It just happens. Okay? Rarely do things go according to Hoyle. Another way of putting it. So, where, where am I going with this? Okay, so here recently, I've noticed again, and it's usually very subtle, but I pick up on it pretty quick because I've, I've been around it long enough. <clears throat> so, you know, again, I started my private security contracting career in 2006. Here we are in 2022. So we're talking, what, 16 years in private security? Okay. So, um, and at my age, and I'm not going to tell anybody my age, but some people know, and most don't, but some do, and a fair amount, you know, are pretty close. They get it, okay? But what I'm saying, at a certain point, you get to a point in your life where it's like, yeah, I've heard it, I've seen it, I've read it before. Okay, I see it coming. I hear it coming. So when I walk in to the client's office or I walk into their premise or I meet and greet with them, I, I, they don't always say it, but they usually do. But they don't always say it. But I break the mold of the expectation that they had for the private security guard. Okay, And I make no qualms about it. I am not a security officer. Okay, All this crap about private security officer or security officer hogwash okay i'm telling you folks it is hogwash there is no security officer unless that person is working for a company or a government entity or some entity private or government that has an exemption where they've also got some sort 
of commission, even if it's just a partial commission. If you don't have a commission, if you don't have special exemptions, you are far from being an officer. So all the security officer crap, oh, please, give me a break. Security guard. Well, if I'm not really guarding anything, if I'm not guarding you, if I'm not your bodyguard, if I'm not protecting your person or your personnel or your family, I'm really not guarding anything. Yeah, I could be guarding your premise. I could be guarding your facility. So you could quasi call me a security guard. But I'm really just doing security. Okay. So it comes up that these people are like, they have no idea what to make of me, but they know that when people walk into their premise, people, they just recognize me. They know. Okay. Now, sometimes I blend in well enough that they ask me to help them or show them around. And it's like, well, ask this person or ask that person. So where I'm going with this, folks, is I don't don the Batman suit. I don't pretend to be a police officer. I don't call myself a security officer. I don't call myself a security guard. I'm none of that. I am security. Okay? I provide security. Protection for personnel or persons, okay, on government contracts or other contracts where I have exemptions or I have those clauses or I have those legal protections, I can, quote, unquote, technically protect premises and sites, yada, yada, yada. But other than that, I am there for the life, safety of the employees and the customers or the clients or whoever else. Because it is quite easy to articulate whether you're talking from the perspective of a holy book or the law or society that I stepped in and intervened on the behalf of a person to protect that person's life or these person's life. As opposed to I was upset and enraged because they were breaking and defiling this particular physical object. Now, it's one thing if it's my personal property, okay, that's different. A lot of us can go with that. We understand that, okay. Someone's trying to jack my vehicle. Someone's stealing my backpack or they're breaking into my house, okay. Figure out whatever it is you want. But when it comes down to your personal property, most of us can relate to that. That's fairly easy to articulate. In private security, we have to articulate why we did what we did. And we have to do a lot of explaining if it's not done right. If it's done right and we have the right credentials on us and we can show them this and we can show them that, it's pretty much a cakewalk. As long as the police clear us on the spot, while we're standing there talking to them, it's not that we don't have to worry about not going to court, but it's a pretty good chance we're not going to. If the police don't, if they say, hey, you're absolved, we're pretty much in the clear. We know that. Okay. Now, how that differs from, say, a project or a contract overseas is dramatic. Or at least it can be. 
Because typically, when you're working in an overseas or an OCONUS environment, typically you're working for a government entity or a government agency. Okay, so whatever country you hail from, you typically are working for a government entity, whether it's quasi or otherwise, but it's somehow affiliated or related to the government, to the country, to the nation that you reside. Okay, most people, not everybody, but most of us don't work for government agencies that are not part of the country or the nation that we reside in. Doesn't mean that we don't, because a lot of us do, because there's a lot of intermingling going on. Okay, so there's a lot of line blurring. So sometimes it's difficult, you know. But as long, but when you sign the contract, when you read that paperwork, you know who you're working for. Okay, it. So that's pretty. Cool. It doesn't matter what country you're in, you know who you're working for. And that leads to the other topic, which is. Why would you work for a foreign government? Why would you work for a foreign entity? Well, that's a wholly different topic. And that, that, that breaks the line from private security contracting to mercenary. Okay? And a lot of folks don't understand the difference between mercenary and private security contracting. Okay? And as I've said before, mercenaries have no, the true mercenary has no national allegiance. It doesn't matter where they live. It doesn't matter where they reside. They don't care. As long as they get paid, whoever pays the most, okay, whatever thrills them the most or excites them the most, that's where they're going. That's who they're getting paid by. It doesn't matter. So, back to my premise originally in the beginning of this. I break the stereotype the mold of private security every time I show up. Doesn't matter if it's CONUS or old CONUS. Now, since 2015, it's been CONUS. Okay, in other words, the continental United States. I've worked in multiple states, but primarily in Washington State. Okay, but here's the thing. I have worked with so many of these standard security companies. I have been around so many of them, whether it was private contract or government contract, or both, or quasi, here, there, whatever. And I'm telling you, hocus pocus, <laughs> okay? I'm telling you, most of these people are civilians. Most of them don't know what they're doing. And the requirements, the standards set down by the state for most of these people to get into security, to do security, is a joke, an absolute laughing stock joke most of the people not everybody of course but certainly somewhere between a high majority and most are absolutely unfit and unqualified to be private security including private investigators and i have <laughs> don't I, oh that's a whole different segment i could take up hours talking about those jokers okay now, there are some very good people in private investigations, very good people in private security. However, most of them, not all of them, but most of them are veterans of the military, the Army, the Navy, and the Marines. Okay, When it comes to investigations, 
Sometimes you find some good ones in the Air Force as well. They usually come from the intelligence. Okay. So, folks, what I'm trying to tell you is that private security as a whole in America, I don't know about the rest of the countries, but I'm sure I have a feeling it's probably not much different from what I've observed, from what I've seen, from what I have experienced, is not much different. If it is even different. So, if you're looking for private security, if you're looking for private security, in my experience, from 2006 to this date in 2022, do the math, figure out how many years I've been doing it. Okay. I'm telling you, <laughs> okay. And this is from my perspective, from my experiences. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, I'm well beyond 40. In fact, I'm even beyond 50. I'm not going to tell you exactly how old I am, but I'm well beyond 50 even. Okay. I'm telling you, in my experience in private security and from life, from having been in the military, been around military personnel, been around cops, been around private security and private security contractors. If you're looking for private security, the people you're looking for, this is not the only thing you're looking for, but what you're looking for is people that have either a military background in a combat arms MOS or a law enforcement agent, a cop, a policeman, what have you, at least at the patrol level. That's been doing it for X number of years. Okay. In other words, these people are battle-hardened. They are tested. They are tried. They are true. And they still have an even keel. Okay. That is key. Got to have an even keel. That is huge. A huge selling point, in my opinion. From my perspective, from my experiences, if you're looking for private security, is somebody, man or woman, male or female, that is deployed downrange. In other words, OCONUS, outside the continental United States. They have gone far beyond the comfort level and way beyond their bubble. They have experienced things, heard smelled, felt, and sensed things that most people can only imagine from a Hollywood movie. So if you want private security, if you want real private security, there are entities and companies out there to turn to. I'm suggesting, and it may be to my detriment, okay, because I'm not going to call any of these companies out by name, okay, but I'm saying, Stay away from the big name national and international companies for a multitude of reasons. Most of them, not all of them, but most of them have fallen by the wayside. They have forgotten their mission. They have forgotten what they were all about. They have forgotten their calling. It's all about business. It's all about money. It's all about profits as far as they're concerned. Now, don't get me wrong. 
because I am a businessman, an entrepreneur. I have been since at least 1998, okay? If that gives you any indicator on anything. What I'm trying to say, what I want you to understand is just understand that the private security industry, the private investigations industry, okay, is largely snake oil venom. And I have pushed for, and I'm going to be pushing for more, and I'm going to push really hard, starting at the local level, working my way up to the state level, as I had earlier, well, I don't know, maybe a year and a half to two years ago, okay, pushing for changes for these sorts of things in the industry, because too few people have too much control over the rules, the regulations, and the requirements for private security and private investigations. They're not truly concerned for your well-being, for your safety, and for your security. They are concerned about money, profits, and I hate to say it, propaganda. They use propaganda for profits, and that's the end result. Whenever you have bureaucrats, diplomats, and politicians involved when it comes to security, whether it's in the military, the police, or private security, when you have commissions, study groups, and the like, you have corruption. If it has also been my experience, and not just because I'm one of them, okay, but it has been my experience that usually the best providers of private security are the small business private security companies. And not always and not exclusively, but usually former military personnel, okay, because they have the experience. They have the instruction. They have the training. Along with that comes a great deal of maturity and wisdom. And a lot of them grow that very quickly early on in life. So, whether you are the head or the CEO or the president of a major transnational corporation conglomerate or a regional company or a state company or a local company if you are looking for private security it is based on my experiences from 2006 until this date in 2022 that if you want the best security that your money can buy, look for the company or the companies that are least visible because everything has changed. What you find online in your searches and your results is far from accurate. And anybody who grew up before Windows 95 knows this to be the case. 
Some would call it the truth. All right, folks. Now, I could go on and wax eloquent about this stuff forever. But I'll put a wrap on this for now. So thank you, everyone, for taking time out of your day, your afternoon, or your evening to listen to me talk about private security contracting. Sometimes, usually, overseas, as well as some of my experiences as a private security contractor here CONUS, here in the States. I want to thank my wife, for whom I owe immeasurable gratitude. My family, my friends, and all the people, male and female, who have been and still are a part of my life. And remember, folks, it takes a team. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. Stay humble. Stay safe. And keep others safe by staying frosty. And until next time, Keep it real. Oconus the Contractor's Life extends a special thank you to music composer Kava Cohen and to Colin Perry of Ninja Tracks for allowing Oconus the Contractor's Life the use of Kava's song, Heavy Clutch, from the music soundtrack to the game Forza Motorsport 7. And also a big thank you to Andres Rodriguez, who can be found at the Fiverr website for his excellent original music scores.